This week on Dynasty Domain, week one has come and gone, and it was actually real football, which was very exciting, but we've got all the reactions here, and we look forward to week two on today's episode. I'm Avery Huffman. I'm here with Nathan Schmidt. Hey, hey. Welcome to Dynasty Domain. Football is back, baby. We're back. Um, good to watch a full day of actual, like, legit football, wasn't it? Like, I like real football. Like, I really wanted to do yeah. that for just about six months there and just couldn't do it. So, yeah. It, hey, did you know uh, Damian Pierce did not average nine yards a carry? I did not know that. Yeah. But I didn't figure he did. I, I know. Well, I was surprised just because he was so insane in the preseason. You mean Damian Pierce? Damian Pierce. You said Damian Harris. Did I say Damian Harris? Yeah. Wow. Meant Damian Pierce. You know what I meant. Totally flopped on that. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into our biggest news uh, coming out of week one. I think last night gave us a headline that is sure to uh, resonate throughout the league and definitely throughout fantasy leagues here for a long time, and that's going to be Dak Prescott. Uh, So Dak did um, what? Something to his thumb, right? Yeah. I think, I don't know if he tore a ligament. They said six days. Said six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. He has uh, surgery. It actually sounded a lot like what Russ went through, um, but worse because Russ was only out for what, like four weeks, yeah. three or four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, literally the worst case scenario you could ask for as a Cowboys fan. Um, real helpful for my offseason projection though, saying the Cowboys aren't going to make the playoffs. It's yeah, already not looking good because he's going to be out. And for we'll get to that game here weeks. in a minute. But man, that was a dumpster fire even before Dak was hurt. So. Yeah, yeah. But well, hey, football is back. And I, man, literally could not have been more fun of, uh, could not have had more fun um, in the, in the first week of the season, even though it was like horrible and miserable, but awesome at the same time. But I have, I have one question for you. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't lay this on you before. So I'm, this is like, you got to come up with this on the fly. Okay. If you were to describe week one in a single word, what would it be? Sloppy. Amen. That is literally exactly what I was thinking. If I could describe it in one word, it'd be sloppy. If I could describe, describe it in two, it would be reality check. And if I could describe it in three, it would be sloppy reality check because man, it was just all over the place. We, we should have <laughs> ch- uh, picked more upset losses this week. Well, and so you have to find a balance here because I do understand that it's week one and okay, it's week one. You're, you're 5.8% of the way through the season, blah, blah, blah. You know, it doesn't matter, blah, blah. Okay. Well, it actually did. It didn't matter though. It did count. So it means something. What we saw yesterday is n- they're not all going to be outliers. Will there be outliers from week one? Absolutely. There will be. But I think it's like important to find a balance here because, you know, a lot of people want to cry, oh, week one, week one, week one. Week one can be an indication of how teams or players are going to play out throughout the season. That is possible. So I just think it's important to keep that in mind. Like we're going to overreact to some stuff today just for the fun of it. We know it's week one, but you have to find the median between, okay, it's week one and there's a lot of weeks left. And this doesn't matter at all because what happened this week absolutely does matter. So finally does matter, which is great. We're, we're going to get into all of it. Let's let's get our rookie of the week this week. So uh, for me, I've got to go Jahan Dotson. I, you know, coming in with the commanders, catching two touchdowns in his first career game from good old Carson Wentz. But Jahan Dotson, man, I don't know if you saw a second touchdown, but it was fantastic. I think for him to come in and have that poise, um, especially being a guy that slid in 2022 draft boards because of the likes of guys like Damian Pierce, guys like James Cook. 
and which was never you know warranted in my opinion I think you always take the more talented receiver there especially with the draft capital but for him to come in I think and kind of flash in week one was was really impressive for me um I think there were a couple of rookies that had really solid weeks but I think I'd give it to him who do you who, who do you think you know for you yeah I I can't combat John Dotson he was hands down by far and away the best rookie of the week he had the the best show, which is hilarious. We just love, we were talking about this earlier. James Cook has been and is continuing to go ahead of Jahan Dotson. Or, well, I guess not continuing anymore because the season started. But, right. like, in startups, he was going ahead of Jahan Dotson consistently because of the landing spot. And, granted, we weren't a fan of the landing spot either, and we weren't expecting this much production. But, my gosh, just the the talent level and the ceiling is not even close. Like Jahan Dotson is was an incredible. You, seat, I would say he was regarded as a much better prospect, and and I think better. I think there are just top fifteen. I think there are just red flags when you when you catapult somebody up because of their landing spot. Yeah, yeah. But I guess my other rookie, I guess, standout of the week is, I guess, Traylon Burks. Like he had a very modest a production, but very week, efficient. But very efficient. He yeah. had a. Man, I think like 13 routes run and 55 yards. Okay. So if you do that math, that's like almost four and a half yards per route run. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, so he has, he, he really showed up there with the uh, small amount of opportunities that he got. But, you know, it's really great to see him out there breathing um, and very much alive. So absolutely. So, you know, and I think there weren't a lot of, you know, crazy rookie performances this week, but. I think that's to be expected. I mean, Dotson, we, we, yeah, he I mean, that that was pretty, that was pretty crazy in my opinion. I didn't expect anything close to that. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. Um, top performers of the week. It's hard for me not to go Justin Jefferson here, just purely based on the fact that he absolutely came out and and destroyed the Packers this week. Yeah, again, it's another thing that I can't really combat with you, I guess, um, top performer-wise. I mean, statistically, he was one of the best performers this week. The, the guy that I'd say is just Patrick Mahomes. I'd love to hear your reasoning about Justin Jefferson, but just for me and Patrick Mahomes, like we have had to deal with an entire offseason of people doubting Mahomes, taking him pretty much consensus third overall in startups, uh, people saying he's not going to get it done as a fantasy asset that – you know, Tyreek made Patrick Mahomes and all this crap. And then you see him be the number one quarterback in fantasy this week and the best quarterback in the NFL this week, per usual. Not a surprise at all. But again, a good reality check for fantasy owners and NFL fans alike. Yeah, I think I think with Pat Mahomes for me more, it was just, yeah, that's what Pat Mahomes does. I just, but he absolutely played, I mean, like Pat Mahomes. He's just that good. I, we'll get to all that. So, um, breakout of the week. Ah, it's hard for me not to say Devin Duvernay here, actually, because Duvernay really? came out and scored really? two touchdowns. And I mean, just kind of on a left field too, because I mean, we all know, I think what Devin Duvernay is capable of, but just kind of got stuck in an unfortunate situation. Um, now, whether it turns out to be like a, a, a concrete breakout, I think is obviously yet to be yeah, seen. Yeah, I was going to say the, the breakout. But, um, but it's hard to give that that award out to in week one because I think there were I think there were a couple flukes yesterday, honestly. Like oh, yeah, I think there's like always Dontrell plenty Hilliard flukes. had 20 points. Yeah, and like, that's the thing. You, you want to be careful with the breakouts, especially earlier in the season because you don't want to mistake those breakouts with flukes and one timers, um, which is why I'd probably stick with probably like a breakout sort of like Michael Thomas, because we know what he's done in the past. 
um, obviously being the number one receiver overall a few years back. And he's been irrelevant the last two seasons in fantasy and in the NFL because of injury. And then he comes back for the first time fully healthy and he just lights it up. So, so explain what you mean by fake out of the week. Fake out meaning someone who you really expected to do well and they just did not deliver at all. I'm thinking guys like uh, C.D. Lamb, T. Yeah, Higgins, yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. There were plenty of them this week. Sure. There always are week one. Who are you giving that award to? Um, I'm probably going to have to give it to Cam Akers. Biggest disappointment. Literally scored zero points. By far. Zero points. Let's go ahead and talk about that game first. So we'll go through here, and we're going to just talk about every game from last week. Um, the biggest surprises, you know, the guys we expected to do well, et cetera. But we just kind of want to go through and highlight everybody's production. Let's start with the Bills-Rams uh, game, which was the first game of the week, our NFL kickoff on Thursday night. In terms of the quarterback play, uh, Josh Allen looked fairly solid. 26 to 31, that's pretty good completion-wise. In fantasy points, he had 31.4 points. Um I mean, to me, he just kind of looked like how Josh Allen normally looks. Yeah, and he he came out, seemed like he's really coming out this season with a chip on his shoulder. The whole team does, really. They uh, they got a, a fast one pulled on him in the postseason last year. So um, we would love to see them make a run here, and they really started off on the right foot. Allen had a phenomenal game. A couple of hiccups here and there. The Bills as a whole had five turnovers. It was sloppy, just like we said, the whole week one was for everyone. So. I, I think 31 points. He only had two. He had two picks, but I think 31 points. Right. Even with, you know, even with having two picks and still scoring 32, I think that's really Shows impressive. you how high a ceiling is. Now, a guy who threw a lot of picks that didn't have a lot of points was Matt Stafford. So tell yeah. me a little bit about what you saw from Matt Stafford. Yeah, Thursday. Stafford looked uh, uneasy the whole time, pretty much, in my opinion. I He also looked like the only guy he trusted on the field was Cooper Cup. And it showed. I mean, in, in fantasy, um, Cooper Cup, put up like 31 points. If you're an owner of Cup, he picked up right where he left off last season, looked just like the absolute target hog on the team and the only one that was able to really do anything um, <laughs> of fantasy relevance outside of Tyler Higby, who had 11 targets. Um, but it was very it was very interesting to see Stafford uh, doing a lot of dink-dunk passes. He had to get the ball out of his hands like that because the Bills' defense was just that good or the Rams' O-line was just that bad. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll be it. We have yet to see what will happen, but it was uh, not a very good day for Stafford. I expect him to really pick it up this coming week as I play the Falcons. So Yeah. Uh, moving on to the running game. Devin Singletary looked fairly solid. Eight carries, 48 yards. He had 8.2 fantasy points. Zach Moss came in at 7.6 fantasy points, and James Cook had negative 1.8 fantasy points. Well, well. Yeah. So this is a, so this is a, um, a clear committee backfield like we and we I think we said multiple times and I think it's going to play out this way long term too this is going to be a three-man backfield the entire season how dare you say that uh, well, James Cook will be the alpha running back oh I mean they're building their entire offense around him <laughs> but regardless I do think it, I think I think most people even James Cook lovers did expect James Cook to come out and probably be you know not a factor in this game yeah and, and I, they were right mm -hmm, yeah, yeah and at this point like I actually really wouldn't be fading that many people going into week one for starting him just because you had no idea what you were going to get. You were hoping maybe like, you know, eight or nine points in your last flex position. Now I'm at a point where I'm not 
he's not even in my range of possibilities for the next couple of weeks to start. And I think Zach Moss, yeah, I think there's, I think there's a case for James Cook potentially having a role there. Like, you know, Zach Moss had six receptions for 21 yards. I mean, I think Cook could beat Zach yeah. Moss out for those. Yep. The, I mean, the problem just remains that as long as there are that many guys in that backfield, you know, they're going to split their points eight, seven, five or something. Yeah. Like their that. ceiling is so the ceil- and And that was always the thing with James Cook. I mean, we always, you know, didn't like his talent, but then this is guys, this is what you're going to get with a number one, a rookie running back this year, at least, but also number two, being in a three running back committee. Not to mention Josh Allen is your number one runner and he's, destroying himself and, and doing Josh it, Allen he's had not 10 carries for 56 yards so he had you know two more carries than Singletary four more carries than Moss and nine more carries than James Cook so I think I think that's what you should probably get used to the to seeing from seeing to seeing from the Bills yeah, this season absolutely uh, in terms of what their backfield is going to look like and then yeah. for the Rams you had uh, Henderson with 12.3 points. He had 13 carries for about 50 yards but he had five receptions which racked up some PPR points for him and Cam Akers had three carries and no yards. He had zero points. I have to say, personally, I was floored that Cam Akers was not involved as I thought he would be going into this game. I couldn't believe it either. I didn't expect it. I wasn't the biggest uh, Cam Akers fan going into this season anyways. We had him ranked significantly lower than I think some do. Uh, I'm kind of still in disbelief at how highly people still value cam Akers going into this season. Like the offers I was getting to try and acquire him were insane. Um, but man, he even underplayed my own expectations and just, he underplayed everyone's expectations at this point. I zero yards, literally no opportunities whatsoever. McVay seems to not even want to give him the ball. We saw a clip where Akers was, you know, supposed to be that uh, last line of defense, looking for a guy to block and protect Stafford. And if there's no one there, then he ends up being that uh, shallow sort of check down route option for Stafford. And he just totally missed. Oh, he didn't a, even a, try. An open guy. It was, it was in poor. front of his face. Like he literally just missed him. Didn't even see him. And Stafford Stafford got lit up after he barely got the ball out of his hand. So that could be a lot of the reason why he's not even seeing much time on the field right now is because he's missing like very obvious I assignments. I mean, if I had Kim Akers, I wouldn't be selling him right now because his value just dipped again. Big time. So I wouldn't panic yet. Um, it is concerning though. That's a concerning thing. Very for concerning. Me. Uh, the two guys, two guys that we finished to pick top three in scoring this year. Played like they were going to finish top three in scoring this year, and that is Stephon Diggs. Uh, he had 26 points, and Cooper Cup had 32 points. Man, Cooper Cup, 15 targets. He had 13 of those as receptions and 128 yards and a touchdown. The man, I mean, Stafford literally would not even look at Allen Robinson. Like, not even... And, and I saw, you know, the clip on Twitter where, where the guy put together all of Allen Robinson's routes for the whole game, and Allen Robinson was open i mean occasionally he was it's not like he wasn't open yeah and that's that's the one thing i would say about this game and how a lot of this can be a fluke and everyone's going to be down on a rob they paid him 30 i think they guaranteed him like 30 million dollars they didn't do that for nothing they're not going to never get him the ball or throw it to him once or twice a game he's going to make a big difference they moved off of robert woods for him and i you got to remember i the these guys are this is why week one is sloppy. They play less and less in training camp than ever before. These guys really, in my opinion, just aren't really ready to get out there yet. And Stafford was being destroyed the entire game. The O-line 
doesn't look too great. They're going to have McVay will figure out a way to get the ball out of Stafford's hands faster, and they're going to find A-Rob. Van Jefferson will also be returning soon as well, and he adds a whole other dimension to that team. Yeah, I mean, the guys between him and A-Rob are literally guys that are not even on our radar. Like, not even Tutu Outwell became, came between them. So, you know what? We'll just have to wait and see for the Rams. This is obviously a good opportunity for them to bounce back this week against the Falcons, so... Interesting to see how that plays out. In terms of on the Bills, another guy that had a fairly solid game, actually, is Gabe Davis. Um, I will say Gabe Davis got, you know, of his 18.8 points that he was able to put up, which good for him. It's, I mean, more than two-thirds of those weren't blown coverage, completely blown coverages. So I, I know that blown cover- coverages happen and they count in fantasy, but I, I think it's important to note that, like, the Rams secondary was lost on those plays. Yeah, well, if you, if you think about it, too, the reason he'll get wide open throws because of blown coverage is because everyone has their eyes on Stefan. And that's what we expected. We did say, I think it, man, was it a month ago or just a couple weeks? It was a couple weeks back where we said of all the players to get to, to reap the benefits of Stefan dominating targets there, it will be Gabe Davis. We aren't huge fans of Gabe Davis. He's warmed up to us a little bit and he showed why, but again, I mean, his, his, his opportunity is going to be limited. Stefan is a clear alpha. No one really questions that. He had five targets, four receptions. He was efficient, but they were all big plays. So that really, I mean, long-term, that kind of shows me I would still be cautious going into starting Gabe Davis every single week because he is going to be a boom or bust guy. And he doesn't have like a Tyreek Hill boom bust ceiling. It's a, it's about half that, you know? Yeah. I, I really think that um, he'll probably get you know, on, on good weeks, 20, 25 points. And you're like, let's go. That is awesome. And yeah, other absolutely. times he's going to get you jack squat. I mean, and we kind of said this about Gabe Davis too. You know, we, we harped on him a little bit earlier in the off season because he was so inflated value wise because of the playoff game. But as the, as the off season went on, he actually wasn't a bad value there. No, I mean, you know, playing yeah. with, cause we obviously would prefer him over guys like James Cook and guys like Dawson Knox, who we think like aren't actually going to be factors in, in this offense. Um, so Gabe Davis, you know, good. I think if you have him on your roster, it's it's a good flex play almost every single week, just purely based on the big play ability. Yeah. So, yep. He will. He is a great. And flex. honestly, Isaiah McKenzie had a touchdown. He he, so he ended up with nine point nine points. Him and Crowder. Crowder had five point eight. You know, I expected that a maybe flip flop every once in a while. Like yes, it, it's just probably not flexible unless you like have no depth. Yeah. Well, I mean, even to to your point on on their production, McKenzie's and Crowder's, those are two very capable guys that are definitely going to be taking away production from Gabe Davis before they take away production from Stefan. And those are the weeks that Gabe Davis doesn't produce. I would definitely expect big ones from McKenzie and Crowder. Sure. So, yeah. And then moving on to tight end, you know, Tyler Higby had a solid game because he had 11 targets. He had five of them. So he had uh, yep. 8.9 fantasy points uh, in a tight end premium league. And on the other hand, you know, Dawson Knox, he had two targets. He had one reception uh, for five yards. So he had 1.5 points. And we kind of talked about this this offseason in terms of, you know, the floor you're looking for if you're a contending team having an elite tight end. And Dawson Knox's floor is just too low. I mean, it's just especially in a game where they were just throwing the ball around and beating the crap out of the Rams. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, Dawson Knox has to have more targets than this yep, in order for him to be reliable. Never comfortable playing him. You, you want a guy like, I'm going to say it, but Dalton Schultz. Oh, like absolutely. you want a guy like him who has such a high floor just because of the quantity of targets he gets a game. It does not matter if he scores a touchdown or not. He's just going to at least have the 
massive opportunity to deliver and score 10 plus points for you because of the just and now the crazy and now i wouldn't be gets. surprised next week if dawson knox catches two touchdowns and puts up 16 points exactly it was never about that though like right. like what we were saying was never about you know him he, he can't produce he can produce the problem is he's wildly inconsistent josh allen doesn't target him enough and he's very touchdown dependent and as you can see when he does not score a touchdown it does. It's not great. So nope. if you're, if I'm a contender, I'm definitely looking at picking up maybe even a veteran to to put start over Knox using Knox's just for consistency's sake. You do not want to get in the playoffs and then him lay an egg like this. No. So yeah, all all that to say, uh, that first game was not what many people expected. I don't think we expected it to be a close game. That was probably going to be an offensive shootout. And man, the Rams just got shut down. This is what happens in Week One. But once we got to Sunday. Um, Nothing much really changed. There was way nope. more exciting games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, way more exciting upsets that happened. And if you're a Colts fan, you were just dying the entire oh, time. Kickers like forgot what their job was. They're like, what is season? Kick? Literally every kicker in the NFL. Every single one. It was it was definitely a wild Sunday. But some interesting fantasy tidbits, I will say that. So starting yes. starting with New Orleans, Atlanta. Um you know, Winston and Mariota both had around 20 points. Jameis had the slight advantage there. Uh, Mar- Mariota had 72 yards in the ground and a touchdown on the ground. Um, wasn't bad passing the ball, but he does have that rushing upside that you expect. He's definitely, I mean, f- he's definitely super flexible, like for sure. I think you can start him in, in that super flex spot. I don't think you want him as your QB1, but, you know, with his rushing upside, I think he's a safe play there. And, and Jameis Winston, you know, he we know volume-wise and, and statistically, he can he can light it up, and it's a guy that who has been known for his interceptions. Didn't throw any interceptions Sunday. He still managed to put up twenty two points. Just a solid, probably quarterback performance in that game. Um, I think the more interesting uh, storyline out of this game was with the running back position because Tyler Algier didn't even dress. That and, was very and, surprising. And Cordell Patterson ended up with twenty two points. He did exactly what he did last season. Exactly at the, the start same. of the year. No, like, like, it did nothing changed. Yep, man. Talk about an awesome contender piece. I know. Uh, and with Kamara, you know, Kamara only had 7.6 points. He had nine carries for 40 yards and he had three receptions, but not really, not really red zone opportunities. And honestly, the volume there, I mean, four carries went to Ingram and outside of that, they were just passing the ball to their receivers a lot. Yeah. And this, this will be an interesting development to follow because I'm not even close to overreacting about Kamara's, uh, I guess, lack of production week one, but it will be fun to see if his ceiling will be a bit more capped with the passing ability of Jameis, because even if you go back to the last couple years of Drew Brees, yes, his passing volume was insane, but Kamara was getting a lot of that. And Drew Brees wasn't really capable of throwing a very impressive deep ball. Like he was getting older and it was very easy to tell, you know, he's kind of falling apart. Like, Rivers just not able to do the stuff that he used to be able to do. Um, and a lot of it was very, very much based on scheme um, in terms of his production. And now you're seeing Jameis, who we expect to play an entire season after he tore his ACL last yeah. year. And it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see because Michael Thomas is back healthy now and all that. And well, and I think with Jameis, you've got a guy that historically has been very good throwing to receivers. Yes. Um, so obviously we, we talked a lot about this New Orleans receiving core coming into the season and they really didn't disappoint on Sunday either. And Michael Thomas had five receptions, 57 yards and touchdown or two touchdowns. So he had 22 fantasy points. Michael Thomas is back question mark. Yes, he's back. It was never a question very of whether he's back. It was line. a question of whether he's healthy. And I think 
some of us may have just forgotten that. Completely I'm gonna ri- I'm gonna rip on Simon on the uh, Simon for this a little bit because Hi, he's not here. Um, but my gosh, he just said he was completely out on Michael Thomas during the offseason. And I just can't, I couldn't get behind that. And I don't think you could really either. Not to say we were going to predict that he was going to put up this production week one. But man, he's Michael Thomas. Look back a couple years to what he did. He literally holds multiple major receiving records in a season. Like he, he, I mean, he was a fantasy beast last yeah, time. And, and Jameis can support it. Uh, we said a couple pods ago while we were predicting a fantasy outlook for every player of relevance at every position that Michael Thomas's ceiling is high in wide receiver too. Am I overreacting or do you think he's now, do you think he can be a wide receiver one this year? I mean, he obviously can. I don't think it's likely, but I, I think, I think he can. I mean, he put up 22 points and it wasn't really all that impressive in my opinion. Yeah. He put up 22 points with eight targets and five receptions. And like, that was it. He's going to get more than that. And Alave's going to take a while to develop. He's not going to take away from him at the beginning of the season, sure. at least. And then the next best target you have is Jarvis, who is not even close to what Michael Thomas is. And then you have Jameis, who has in the past supported two wide receiver ones in a season. He yeah. can absolutely do it for Michael Thomas. Um, I'm I, super excited about it. I think Jarvis year. Landry paid. I think Jarvis Landry was actually Jameis's favorite target. You know, he had seven receptions and seven receptions on nine targets. He had 114 yards, so he had 18.4. Yeah, he, he did a good job points uh, without any touchdowns. Chris Olave was solid too. He had three receptions on and 41 yards, and he also had a two point conversion. So he clocked in at nine points, and that's solid for a rookie's first game. Another rookie on the other side is Drake London. Uh, five receptions, 74 yards, pretty good for. I mean, I'm, that's a solid performance from Drake London there. 12.4 points is flexible, you know. So. I think look. I think we look for Drake London to have more of an impact early than than a lot of other rookie wide receivers would. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Fifteen to three, or fifteen point three to three point nine is how much Taysom Hill outscored Kyle Pitts in this game. Oh my gosh! Taysom Hill continues to prove that we know nothing about football. Nothing. Well, nothing. Four carries, eighty-one yards, a touchdown. Oh my gosh. So he's 20 yards of carry there. So obviously that's a little bit of an outlier. And, and with Pitts, he had seven receptions only, or seven targets, only two receptions for 19 yards. I'd keep an eye on Pitts. Let's see, let's see if he bounces back next week. It wouldn't surprise me if he did, but that's obviously he's, not he's all, Kyle Pitts. It's not really that great, but he's Kyle Pitts. So I think we're gonna see on that one. Um I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next week with Pitts. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Uh Cleveland and Carolina. You know, I think Baker was okay. I you know, he was decent. He picked it up in the second half. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, um, you know, they came out and both of them had solid games. Kareem Hunt um, had 23 points because he had four receptions. He had a longer touchdown run. Nick Chubb had 141 yards on the ground and he ended up with 15.3 points. So both guys solid. What's new, right? This is why we love both of them. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had 15 points. I think people were coming in or expecting him to come in and blow the roof off the place. We've been telling you that it's possible that he doesn't blow the roof off the place. He didn't. It's not all overly surprising, I don't think. Like no. And in terms of receivers, Donovan Peoples-Jones had 11 targets. He ended with 12 points. Uh, Robbie Anderson had a big long touchdown. He ended with 21 points. Uh, DJ Moore was quiet. He only had six targets, three receptions, and he had eight points. Uh, Mark Cooper had five points. Not a whole lot of surprises here for me. No, I, I guess I expected DJ Moore to come out and do a bit more than eight points week one. I really thought that Baker would go in there and immediately show 
a significant difference in the passing game uh, right off the bat, even though I don't think he's an amazing passer. He's light years better than what they had. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to freak out about it yet. But DJ Moore definitely had a disappointing first week. All right, moving on to uh, San Francisco and Chicago. The, like, freaking monsoon bowl, apparently, because it was like playing in an ocean. So it's, it's hard to take anything, like, serious away from this game because of that, actually. But Trey Lance, uh, in his full-time starting debut, uh, he did have 13 carries for 54 yards. It is nice to see him get that many carries. It means you know there's going to be some opportunity for some upside there, rushing-wise. Um, looked okay passing the ball. I, 13 of 28 isn't great. But it was like a, a rainstorm. And Justin Fields was 8 of 17. He had 11 carries, you know, on the ground. So both of them were kind of mad, but I think it was because of the conditions. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be reacting about much seriously when it comes to Trey Lance until probably a few weeks down the road. Um, in terms of actual running backs, Elijah Mitchell, obviously, it's a big storyline. He hurt himself this week. Sprained MCL. He's out for two months. Yeah. Um, then Jeff Wilson's going to have to come in and um, fill that role, so he'll be out for a while. Uh, the David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert thing is interesting because Khalil Herbert did get nine carries uh, to David Montgomery's 17, but Herbert did outscore Montgomery by a score of 11 to 8 because Khalil Herbert had a touchdown and David Montgomery did not. So Yeah, good for him. Uh, again, long-term, don't look for this to be that much of an issue this season. Expect Monty to be the alpha in the backfield. Um, I, I would very easily assume, um, so much in the receiving game. If you're talking about Komet and Mooney and you're freaking out about them, just chill. It's, it's, it's fine. Like we just saw if anyone who saw that game saw that they, they could not, they, they couldn't pass. They couldn't pass the ball. It was ridiculous. And that's, so. and that's a big reason why Debo Samuel was primarily a running back and he had eight carries yeah. and two receptions. Uh, 12, so 12 points, right? Yeah, it was eight carries, 52 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, that's 11 of the points right there on the ground. And then he had two receptions for 14 yards. So uh, probably expecting him to take a step up next week. Again, whether Brandon, I, you kind of same thing. You only had two catches for 40 yards. Yeah, this is probably one of the games where I'm taking the least assumptions out of yes. any of it really at all. I don't think it's reflective of either team's game plan other than maybe Trey Lance running, but he ran more than I really anticipate him running any other game just because again, the conditions. So yeah. give him a break this week. Give him a break. Um, and then, you know, on the Bears side, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, both didn't do much at all. Again, let's, let's call it the weather and, and, and yeah. all that. I mean, I just, there's not a lot. They're literally say. the, the sole passing options for Justin Fields in Chicago. If you think they're going to do nothing like they did this week for the rest of the season, that's that's wrong. Please don't overreact about this. Moving on to uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> tell me your biggest takeaways from this game. Um, sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. TJ yep. Watt is awesome. Minka Fitzpatrick is awesome. Uh, actually, TJ Watt tours. They fear they tore. He tore he his bicep. Back, yeah. uh, or not his bicep, his pectoral. Yeah. And that really, really sucks for Pittsburgh. Like he, he is the hope of that team, man. Um, but in terms of the actual game, uh, kickers can't kick. Uh, McShooter did not 
come back the way he left last season. That's for sure. And um, am I concerned about the Bengals? No. Kind of bummed about T. However, this does make it very interesting for fantasy and all y'all Tyler Boyd owners investing heavily in the third wide receiver option in Cincinnati. You are flying high right now. I, at this point, until T. Higgins comes back, and I would assume he'll be out for a few weeks, starting Tyler Boyd, no questions asked every single week. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Um, running back-wise, you know, Najee Harris, obviously he got injured this week too, so that's kind of yeah, that's concerning. on his season production. Yeah. Um, but Joe Mixon came out and had 21.5 points, kind of picked up where he left off last year. Seven receptions, which is nice. I mean, he got seven receptions for 63 yards, which is a good um, good workload in the passing game, but came with 27 carries. Yeah, what do you think about Pittsburgh's receiving game? Um, I'm not surprised to see Pickens have a, have a little role. I, I think with rookies, that's what you're going to have at first anyways, is, is they're going to have a minimal role. Uh, and then outside of that, I mean, it was really just Pat Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool. Fryermuth obviously had 10 targets. He hauled them five of them for 75 yards, so solid game for him. Deontay Johnson was the most heavily targeted again. He had seven receptions, 55 yards, 12 and a half points. And Chase Claypool actually got some rushes, which is yeah, uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's ended, interesting. Ended but... with a, a modest nine nine. Nine and a half points. Yeah, if we see more of this from Claypool too, I expect it to be. I'd be even more excited about Claypool. Really, I mean, we had a short about him and his current value, but if he has that little bit of rushing upside, which I mean, that's how he broke out to begin with as a rookie, as he had a couple rushing touchdowns in a single game. They like to run those sweeps with him, uh, so uh, keep an eye on that. But Deontay Johnson, I mean, he's the alpha receiver there, and. No questions asked. He is going to continue what he's been doing for the last couple of seasons. And I think it's really going to continue to be a pretty solid situation for him. And Fryermuth is going to produce well as well. So Jamar Chase tore it up. Kind of the same old, same old for him. He lots of yeah. targets, 10 receptions, yeah. 120. Took him a while, though. That really, that end uh, final stretch really helped him out a lot. Yep. And he's good like that. So uh, Tyler Boyd ended up with 13.3 points because he got a touchdown. So, like you were saying, filling in for T. Higgins, who only had 4.7 on the day because he got hurt. I think short term, you're definitely looking at Tyler Boyd as a really solid flex option. Yep. And how about Hayden Hurst? 9.6 points for the Hurst. Um, definitely a solid. Backup tight end in twelve team leagues. I mean, that's just we. You, it's what you expected to yeah. be from a tight end that's going to be paired with Joe Burrow. This one was a shootout. Philly and Detroit. Um, you know, with Jalen Hurts, didn't pass the ball all that bad. You know, eighteen to thirty two for two hundred and forty three yards. Were very respectable in my opinion. But he also had seventeen carries for ninety yards. He ended with twenty four points. You know that that rushing upside is huge. And Jared Goff, on the other hand. You know, he had a fumble. He had an interception. He still threw for 215 and two touchdowns, so he ended up with 15 points. Um, not really a ton of surprises there. We, I Did we talk about Burrow throwing four picks? No, we're going to kind of just overlook that, ignore it. We'll overreact about it in a couple weeks if it continues to happen. Okay. But we're, we we can't speak on that right I now. Was gonna say, oh I think we gosh. forgot to talk about Trubisky and Burrow, but yeah, they were both... <laughs> Fine. Burrow was Burrow, even with the interceptions. So yeah. It was fine. Uh, at running back here in the Philly game, Miles Sanders got a goal line carry. Can you believe it? That is awesome. And he ended with 18.5 points. I think that's the most solid all-around game I remember from him in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. He had two, recep- two receptions to go along with it. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell also had a touchdown, and he had two receptions, so he had 11 points. Boston Scott had a touchdown, so they're kind of just spreading the love there in terms of who's... Um, you know, 
getting rushing touchdowns and Jalen Hurts had one too. So they had four rushing touchdowns. Um, I think the rest were field goals. Uh, and then in terms of in terms of DeAndre Swift, man, looked really solid. Came out 15 carries for 144 yards. Uh, he also had three receptions for 31 yards. So 26 and a half points for DeAndre Swift in is in what is we're expecting to be a big season for DeAndre Swift. So yeah, very very exciting. I will say I'm surprised that yeah. Jamal Williams got those goal line touches. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. And obviously they they you know 15 carries to 11. Obviously Swift was the main guy, but at the same time like. Swift's ceiling could go up so much if they would just give him the ball in the red zone and, you know. Yeah, well, with those goal line carries with Jamal Williams, I wouldn't look for that to continue, um, especially with Hawkinson being there um, and just the the receiving threats that they have on top of just the the dual threat nature of DeAndre Swift. So don't don't expect much from, De- Javon, or from Jamal Williams here on out. And Hawkinson really just had... A disappointing week one and yeah i mean he'll, he'll bounce back it was serviceable no he at least had seven targets but he only hauled in four of them for 38 yards so dallas goddard yeah. had three receptions uh but he had 60 yards so he ended up with more points there um i don't think anything to react to super to there yet no it well you you did say uh Devontae smith is probably the biggest story i would have out of this game outside of just DeAndre completely smith. blanked totally he however he did have four targets he just didn't haul any of them in. I would love to see, obviously we didn't watch this game because we can't watch every game, but I'd love to see how many of those were catchable. Um, and really like where they were in the field, were they short, were they uh, big play passes, you know, way down the field on the, uh, on the sideline. But again, this is another thing where it's kind of going to be a wait and see because it's been a big discussion and Devontae Smith has fallen significantly since A.J. Brown came on the team and everyone thinks it's going to be Goddard, A.J. Brown, or A.J. Brown and Goddard. And really, I mean, in terms of targets, Goddard and Devontae Smith got the same amount. And then A.J. Brown was the target hog that we expected him to be. Man, A.J. Brown, I I cannot believe people doubted this man. Honestly. I can't either. 10 receptions, 155 yards. Man, him and Jalen Hurts looked good together. Yeah, uh, made my trade look good. Yeah, it did. Uh, I'm on St. Brown. You know, he had 12 targets. He ended up with a touchdown. He had 20 points. I'm assuming that you're going to get this type of production from Amon Ra until Williams starts making his way into. Um, you really think Jameson Williams is going to take away from him that much this season? Probably minimally towards the last half of the season this year, but really but in the long term, absolutely yes. Yeah, in the long term, yeah, I could see that. Even Chark, like fifty-two yards and a touchdown, yeah, four catches. I mean, they, they, like, yeah. he looked solid too. They took him eleventh overall for a reason, so he yes. will be a factor. And he is. I mean, some people regarded him as the best receiver in that class. Yeah, so. I'm really not going to be that concerned this season, though. I'm just, I'm more excited about Amon Ra this year. Yeah, like, like he's, I, I he's a solid. I just am on, not, I don't know. Field. I just don't think he demands those targets when there's a better receiver on the field and there's just not yet. But, but I mean, that says a lot about him. Like, he I mean, it means he's at the level that he is demanding those targets and that's, yep. I mean, impressive. It would be impressive if he could keep this up and I'm not saying he can't by any means. Uh, Houston Indy. Ugh. Oh, my gosh. So he, here's, here's what happened. It was an emotional roller coaster day. For us while we watched this game we were very excited as the game started we were like let's go and then that very quickly turned into oh no and then we uh pretty much watched the bears and the niners for a bit (laughs) until we happened to flip back over to the channel and see that the Colts had forced a fumble and they were coming back from 20 to 3 and then they tied the game and then their kicker couldn't make a kick and then they 
tied the game. Like it literally ended in a freaking tie, but silver lining to this horrible end was the Colts didn't lose their first game of the season, which they have uh, managed to do for the past eight seasons since 2013. They did not lose. No, this is worse. Um, so I was a bit more thankful for that, I guess, than uh, Avery and Simon were. But Dude, my what is this gosh. soccer? We tied. Are you serious? Yeah, I will shot ch- uh. for <laughs> when we're talking about fantasy for this game, though. Uh, I think really the only super impressive guy here was Michael Pittman. The quarterback Taylor were. At, oh, well, yeah, dumb. <laughs> I, I, I'm talking about in terms of like who we didn't expect. I guess, though, you know, Naheem Hines came in with 11 he and a half did. points. He did a solid flex option. And yes. And really, when I when I thought about it, looking back, I was like, you know what? I mean, we watched every sec- almost every second of this game. And in hindsight, I was like, you know what? And I didn't really even think Hines was that big of a factor in that game. And he still managed to put up 11 points, which I think really shows you what yeah, he's able he had to do. six catches for 50 yards. Yeah, like- yeah, but they were all just kind of dink and dunk passes here and there. Matt Ryan threw it 50 times. That's one of the things that I am excited to see and was a bit telling this week, if you can take anything away from that crap game, was that Matt Ryan threw the ball 50 times and he threw, what, over a, over 350 yards? Uh, Yeah, somewhere he, up there. In the, in the passing game, he freaking... He, he can support some receivers there. I wouldn't say uh, Alec Pierce or Paris right now because they didn't really do much, but I'm talking about mainly, mainly I'm talking about Hines. Yeah. The volume is there and he wasn't even that big of a factor. If he can actually like as a relative non-factor in the game, still managing to put up 11 points, it was pretty solid. So, and and um, for those of people love to see it for people worried about him taking away from Taylor, Taylor had 31 carries to Hines three. So, yeah, that that didn't really. Jonathan happen Taylor was Jonathan Taylor. There's not much to say about that. Rex Burkhead definitely got the better end. Of yeah, shout out at JC Dynasty uh, or J- JCJ Dynasty on Twitter. He called it, man. Uh, first first game of the week. I, he was talking about Rex Burkhead. Like literally, look for him to continue to produce and even take away from Damian Pierce, even though everyone's so high on him right now. And that's exactly what happened. And I expect that to continue to occur for at least the first half of the season as Pierce gets implemented into the offense. Burkhead just knows it better. And they can count on him. Yeah. On a crap offense, they can count on him. He had 12 points. So... Yeah, the, Jam- the Damian Pierce hype train kind of came to a little bit of a stop this weekend. So yeah. we'll, well see, it was we'll hilarious see, to see. We'll see so. if it picks back up. Yeah, yeah. no, it's yeah, it's not really also that's he averaged uh, three yards per carry, by the way, not nine. <laughs> yeah, not nine. <laughs> uh, Brandon Cooks also had a very solid game. Yeah, seven per receptions, 82 yards. He's there too. Michael Pittman had 27 points on nine receptions, 121 yards and a touchdown. Uh, fantasy flock looks kind of stupid right now. Very. <laughs> And he played well. Yeah. And on the, and the, on the tight ends, you know, OJ Howard was far and so away the most, the I know, the most productive tight end in this game. My so, gosh. Uh, the Colts need to cut Rodrigo Blankenship, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Preach. Miami, New England. Man, Miami really took it to him. The score doesn't necessarily show it, but I think Tua played solid. He ended up with 14 points. He had a fumble that kind of took away from that. Um, only one touchdown, only two carries. So. But he threw the ball, I think, decent. Chase Edmonds had 10.5 points. Ty Montgomery. So let's talk about the Patriots' backfield real quick because, man, I'm just really surprised it played out this way. Ty Montgomery, 10.3 points. Damian Harris, 7.8. And Ramondre Stevenson, 4.7. So 
We've said it all along. It's going to be a three-man backfield. And, oh, who said Ramondre was going to be a workhorse? Well, we, we, you know, people are drafting him like he's going to be a workhorse. And, and you know, I think with Ramondre, he had, he had eight carries and 25 yards. Damian Harris had one more carry, but he managed to have 23 more yards than Ramondre Stevenson. So he, he was more efficient. Uh, they both had two receptions. Ty Montgomery is the one that got in the end zone. Yeah, this is how it's yeah. going to play out every week, and they may just be switching spots every once, mm-hmm. once in a while. And they just—I mean—they just look bad. First week of the season, the Patriots as a whole did. I would expect them to have more uh, red zone appearances, red zone opportunities for these running backs to really show what they're made of in terms of production this season. Um, we still like the promise of Ramondre in the red zone and as a win now asset, and that's about it. So I guess. Um, you can't really expect any more from these guys when they only scored seven points in a game as a team. Uh, so kind of actually impressed with combined the amount of points they were able to score. Yeah. Only scoring seven points. So uh, breaking news here. Tyreek Hill is, is a good, good wide receiver. Are, I don't believe you. Yeah. Can, can you tell it. what? Uh, eight receptions on 12 targets, 94 what? yards, uh, and then six yards on the ground. He had 12 targets. Dude, he... All of his targets, he was just going to be robbed of all his targets. Well, yeah. That's what was supposed to happen, right? And guess what? Wrong. Jalen Waddell also had 17 points. Good for Jalen Waddell. Yeah, honestly it is. And it was mostly on one play. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And here's that is the biggest thing here. Tyreek Hill scored 18 points with really without even getting close to the end zone. Yeah, no. That is so scary. It's efficient. If Tyreek, well, not only is it efficient, it's terrifying for when he is going to score touchdowns. When when he and it will happen, he will score two or three touchdowns in a few games. Absolutely, and his ceiling and is going to be that, as high as it was. It will be just as high as it was in Kansas City. Love to see it, Tyreek Hill, one of the best receivers to do it in the game right now. And like I well said, done. Waddle had a had a solid game. And on the other side, you know, is just old good old Jacoby Myers. It's just always kind of showing his face for the Patriots. He had ten points. Uh, he had four <laughs> nice. receptions, fifty five yards, and a touchdown. So, nice. uh, in terms of tight ends, you know, Hunter Henry didn't do a whole lot. John o. Smith actually outproduced him. He had six point three points. How about Gusecki that? he had one point. That's chalk that down is not surprising at all. And, nope. And that's um, probably to be expected from Gusecki this year. Yeah, and big a uh, big big dynasty note here with Gusecki. You are almost inevitably going to see Gusecki take a massive drop in terms of dynasty value this year. And he's going to continue to go down and down and down and down and down. And then once the offseason comes, he's more likely than, than not going to end up on another team. And he is a, he's a pretty solid tight end. So yeah, he is solid. All you dynasty owners um, who are definitely building for the future, I would be reluctant to get him off your roster really anyone who owns him, I'd be reluctant to get him off your roster because he will end up in a better position wherever he ends up next season. Even if he stays in Miami, that will be telling enough for me to think like McDaniels is probably going to want to implement him into the offense if he doesn't already this year. Though I do expect him to drop in value that maybe a guy you look to buy that dip in. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Moving on to Baltimore and the Jets. Lamar Jackson, 20 points, looks solid. Only ran the ball six times, but... Threw the ball fairly well, 17 and 30 for 230. But Lamar Jackson can throw. Uh, yeah, well, he can. I don't believe that either. No, so. he can. Joe Flacco had a modest 14. Um, in terms of running backs, man, I, I know, I know that Brees Hall is the better back. He just is, and I know. I think by the end of the season, like Brees Hall really does own that backfield. 
But, I mean, what we were being told is that Michael Carter, as soon as they drafted Brees Hall, was completely was valueless. Nothing. Nothing. And <coughs> Simon. And people were literally, like, hammering, hammering down on it. The same guys that are now saying, well, did you really expect Brees Hall to come in and, you know, own that backfield right away? Well, people actually did expect Brees Hall to come in. And I think it was just, you know, there were people that were doubling down. He's going to get all three downs. Michael Carter's dead. Michael Carter's clearly not dead. Far from it. And then on the tight end side of this game, you know, um, Conklin outscoring Mark Andrews. You're not going to see that a ton, a ton this year either. Yeah, that's so hilarious. just an interesting game there. Um, you know, Duvernay, obviously, you know, like I said, breaking out and um, Bateman having a touchdown too. Like I said, yep. we'll see. Let's see what the Ravens, but going to uh, the Jacksonville, Washington game. Talk about what you saw from the quarterbacks in this game. Yeah. So um, Wentz did, did overachieve significantly. Uh, he's a top three quarterback this, this uh, week. Scoring nearly 30 points, uh, four touchdowns, two interceptions. I'm sure there are a lot of Wentz-isms, good and bad, throughout the game. Uh, that's why the Colts took him or traded for him, and that's why they traded him away. So um, he, you know, in the, I, the, the story of this game for me, and like we talked about earlier, was Jahan Dotson. Um, but Wentz has shown, and we talked about this, Wentz has shown that he can support some pretty pretty solid receiving production. And um, Dotson and McLaurin are going to reap the benefits of that probably for the rest of the season. We really saw Curtis Samuel reap the benefits of that the most this week, but I really see that being a one-week fluke. Don't see that happening long-term. He's not going to get 11 targets a game. Um, but Gibson, man, look for Gibson to continue producing like he has, especially in the passing game. He was one of the other passing leaders on uh, the team this week. And gosh, for as as low as he fell because of freaking Brian Robinson, um, 20 points ain't bad, right? 20 points is not bad, and he is far from irrelevant, and he has so much dynasty value. It's still why it's why I still have him ranked in the top 15 as a dynasty running back. Surprised about James Robinson? How did he do? Uh, 11 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. He had yeah, 19 good, points. Good e- for e- him. ETN's eight and a half. I didn't even know James Robinson played. That is so impressive. Yeah. Um, he, did, he outplayed ETN. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's per expected for, for me. That's per expected week one. Uh, again, though, look for ETN to be more of a threat in the passing game. That's why we like him to begin with. Uh, but James Robinson is far from dead. Again, he's one of those guys who a uh, new running back comes in. Everyone freaks out. James Robinson is going to be just fine. Um, long-term in dynasty, obviously not that much value because of his draft capital, but liked what we saw from there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did, you know, he did Trevor Lawrence he stuff. A lot he of the fine. same. Like- yeah. He, he was meh. He really was meh. He was fine. Christian Kirk looks good, though. He had 17.7 points. I think you're seeing yeah, good for the, him. Up, up, the upside there that he now that he's the wide receiver. Yeah, we're line. really excited about that. Another shout-out to JCJ Dynasty. He had a tweet probably a couple weeks back uh, where he was just talking about Kirk's ADP, and he really he's going and buying Kirk everywhere. But uh, Kirk's ADP, man, is not even in the top 40. I think he was like 41st, 42nd last time we checked. And just his upside here in uh, – in Jacksonville is oddly higher than it is right. than it was in Arizona, just because of the amount of uh, threats in the receiving game that you have in Jacksonville, which is next to none um, other than him. And he's just he's a great big play guy. 
He's a great target for um, great mature target for Lawrence to build around. They paid him a ton of money. Yep. Um, and they're they're going to get him the ball. So. I think six receptions for 117 yards. I think that showcases what he does best, and that's, that's the deep ball. It's very efficient. So yeah, I I don't think that's a fluke. I'm looking to start yeah, him absolutely. as often as you Christian can Kirk, from man. now on. Uh, Zay Jones was solid. He had 12 and a half points. Terry McLaurin was solid too. On the other side, he had 13.8 points. And then from the tight end room, Logan Thomas had seven and a half, which was serviceable. Uh, Evan yeah. Ingram, Stonehand, Stonehands, Evan Ingram had 6.8 points. So. Yeah. Hey, that's another guy who could reap, reap the benefits of Carson Wentz. We talked about this before. Logan Thomas just barely exceeding his projected expectation. Uh, so just a little bit of a net positive there. And um, I expect his numbers on a week-to-week basis to go up. I really see the seven and nine points being his floor. I, I seriously okay. do. We're going to see. Uh, breaking news again. Patrick Mahomes threw for... Th- oh, he had 35 fantasy points? What the heck? Uh, he's not... He's... What about Tyreek? Uh, Patrick guys, Mahomes guys, just Mahomes good. came out through 30 of 39, 360 yards, five touchdowns. That's like... Guys, uh, Patrick Mahomes is the like best quarterback in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes numbers. Like, that's Patrick Mahomes-esque because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Did I say Patrick Mahomes? I think you did. Yeah, I think I did. So remember all of you guys, and there are a lot of you saying that Mahomes was not was you know going to take a step off without Tyreek. But guys, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. He, he is he, he. The Chiefs were fine. Their weapons were fine, and we'll talk about yep. that. And here's what I think we learned from this: the biggest storyline, Tyreek versus Mahomes. That's what everyone was talking about in the offseason. Here's what we learned: the best quarterbacks make receivers, and the best receivers will continue to do what they do no matter what quarterback they're with. And the Chiefs just happen to have one of the best quarterbacks and one of the best receivers. And now that yes. they're on different teams, they're, they're both independently doing what good. They did. It's not it's not surprising if you would listen. We don't have to be so reactionary about things like that. Kyler had 20 points, uh, only five carries for 29 yards and only, you know, 190 yards and two touchdowns. But yeah, look for them to bounce back next week. Uh, it'll be a tough game against the Raiders. That'll be a really, really fun one to watch. Hard to pick for sure. But yeah. Um, Kelsey. I mean, what did you expect? Man? That's all we're going to say. Kelsey, moving on. Yep. Um, Zach, Zach Ertz was still solid. He had 11.4 points. Yeah. yeah uh, he, he really saved his day with a touchdown there. Pacheco had 12 points. Surprising. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, Edwards Alaire had 22 and a half. That's another big story this week. CEH scoring two touchdowns. So it was a very touchdown dependent 22 points. But, uh, but yeah, it's very efficient. They. You saw him, you saw Andy Reid give him the ball, which we we really really like to see, and um, that's what everyone's concern has been, and that's why he's dropped down in value so much. Is just Andy Reid seems to not want to give him the ball. Well, now that Tyreek is gone, it almost seems to be even better for the Chiefs' offense that they're just spreading it around a little here, a little there, a little everywhere, and everyone's just getting. Yeah, I mean, Juju uh, had eleven. Hardman had ten. Uh, Gosh. Scantling had eight. Sky Moore had four. He only had one catch, but that is literally it's, it's just they're just gonna spread it around. So and on the other side, you know, James Conner with 16 and a half points found the end zone shocking. You know, Benjamin was serviceable, he had nine points because he had three receptions for 33 yards to go along with 28 rushing yards. Uh, Marquise Brown saw him catch a touchdown, only six targets here, which was a little bit surprising. To me, Dorch, what's his first name? Dorch, is it Greg? Greg Dorch, man. Had the most targets, <laughs> nine targets. That is so, more than more than Ertz, more than Brown. So Greg Dorch, man, he more had AJ Green. He had seven receptions for sixty-three yards. AJ Green had yeah. two receptions for thirteen yards. 
Good for him. Just a little bit interesting there. Yeah, again, uh, look for the Cards production to be one of those probably one or two time flukes this season. Um, Marquise is going to get more targets there. So we already talked about the Green Bay Minnesota game. Obviously, we expect Aaron Rodgers to get better as the season goes on, but not a lot from Rodgers, not a lot from their receivers. He only had three points, and on the receiving end, you know, the running backs did well, but Romeo Dubs had eight. Kind of surprising. Christian Watson had six. Sammy Watkins had four. Hope we weren't expecting that Sammy Watkins signature week one yeah, huge yeah. game. And here's here, and here's what I'm gonna say about the Green Bay Packers this week, and that is literally nothing. Nothing. Like I think we just need to move just on and and I talk D- about it later because we saw this Dylan happen did solid. last year. Jones was okay. Let's yeah. just let's just but talk about it next The production week. is so unreflective of what the rest of the season is going to be. So yep. Kirk Cousins had 19. He played well. Dalvin Cook had 13. A little bit underwhelming. He had 20 carries for 90 yards and then three receptions for 18, but he didn't get in the end zone. It's because Justin Jefferson Justin stole Jefferson the had show. 40 points. He had nine catches for 184 yards and two tuds. A ton of that came in the first half. The man is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yes, pretty much significantly better than Jamar significantly Chase. better than Chase. You can't tell me otherwise. Tunyon had 6.6. Um, Irv Smith didn't do anything for the. T- I'm really disappointed about Irv Smith. Yeah, that was that was tough. That I don't really want to talk about it. Uh, Chargers, they knocked off the Raiders. Justin Herbert with a normal 23. Derek Carr was meh. He's just a yellow quarterback in fantasy. So Oof, I may know. have to eat my words on that one, but and we'll it's, see. It's week one, but we'll see. We'll but see. he looked like how Derek Carr normally looks. He had, you know, yep. a good vol- good amount of volume. He ended up throwing for almost 300 yards and two touchdowns, but he had two fumbles and three picks. Yep. Got it. Got to take care of those. Another example of a receiver that can do whatever he wants, independent of an elite quarterback, and that is Devontae Adams. He is currently, uh, I, I mean, what do you, what do you think? Currently, is he the best receiver in football right now? Even better than Justin Jefferson? I would give Justin Jefferson the nod now, but really? I think Devontae Adams is right behind him. Devontae Adams were out running. Is and obviously, so you know, Devontae nice. Adams with 30 points again yesterday. He had 140 yards and a touchdown. He's pretty much unstoppable. And the rest of the, you know, the next leading receiver was Darren Waller. He had 11 points, almost 12 on uh, four catches for 79 yards. Gerald Everett played well for the Chargers on their receiving side. He had 14 and a half points because he had 54 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Keenan Allen, unfortunately, might have torn his hamstring or not torn it, but maybe pulled it. So he only had 10 points. Mike Williams was yeah. very quiet in this game, but we're not yep. worried about Mike Williams. No, not worried about that at all. Uh, and look for some solid production from the man, especially if Keenan Allen is going to be out for the next couple of weeks. Interesting that Austin Eckler only had 36 yards on 14 carries and four receptions, 36 yards. He had 11 points. He'll so be a little fine bit underwhelming, well. but they'll be, they'll fine. be fine. It was a divisional game against the Raiders. Like the, the Raiders play well against them. So, all right, the Giants and. The Titans, the Titans are so bad, man. They're just consistently the worst franchise in the NFL. Like, I mean, I just, I had to get that out. Tannehill sucks, you know. Uh, yep. He actually didn't play that bad, but 266, two touchdowns. Uh, he had 20 points. Dontrell Hilliard. Hilliard had 22 points to Derrick Henry's eight. I think this was interesting. Let's see if this is a fluke or not. He Derrick Henry had 21 carries. 482 yards, and Hilliard just rolled in the touchdowns. I would venture to say this won't last. I think Henry. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not lasting. Uh, what will um, last, though, is Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley points. is the st- literally the overarching story of the week, probably outside of uh, we, we, we just consistently Hill. got trashed for Barkley all offseason. And I mean, we said if he's healthy, man, his ceiling is crazy. And I think he clearly demonstrated that here uh, on the receiving end. Traylon Burks was very efficient. He had eight and a half points, but only on three receptions on only like 13 routes run. Actually, Kyle Phillips had six receptions. That's kind of impressive. Ten points for him. Sterling Shepard hauled in a touchdown at 15. Um, Richie James had 
Richie who? Five receptions for 60 yards. He had 11 points. So I, funny. I don't know. Not much Kadarius Tony in this game. What do you think about that? And Wait not, and see. What about Robert Woods? Only targeted twice, one reception, 13 yards. Wait and see. Again, Robert Woods is coming off a torn ACL. He's also 30 years old. We knew that going into this season. He is the most experienced, best receiver in Tennessee right now. Expected numbers in his targets to go up, but he's getting implemented into the offense, and he's playing big boy football again since he came off that ACL. Last note, Austin Hooper was third on the Titans yesterday in Titan production. Ha. That's kind of sad. Who was number one? Uh, was it Okonkwo? No, Okonkwo was second. <laughs> Number one was... If, wait, Ferkser isn't on the roster anymore, is he? Um, Ferkser's somewhere else. No, I don't. Yeah. I can't remember who it is. I'm pulling yeah. it up. Um, hold on. <sighs> Man. Swaim. Jeff's, uh, Jeff Swaim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Titans suck. Last game, Tampa Bay, Dallas. Man, Tom Brady, 10 points he was mad, but Dak Prescott was mad, too. I mean, he only had 134. He got hurt. Yeah, but yeah. Even before the injury, sloppy game. He very sl- his passes were not very good at all. Lenny, they, they yeah. were poor. Lenny had 15 points. Lenny stole the show. Store stole the show. I can't talk. No, you can't talk. <laughs> stole the show. Yeah, I 15.7 points. Uh, 21 carries, 127 yards. Like I said. Very good on that. And on the other team, you know, 5.9 points and 4.2 points for Zeke and Pollard. Zeke really didn't out-snap Pollard by that much. Um, but I, I'd imagine both of those guys are going to get a pretty heavy workload now that Dak is out. Yeah, they will. But, man, I just... <laughs> the the stubbornness of the Dynasty community, community and Ezekiel Elliott, or the stubbornness and fantasy and Ezekiel Elliott, I just can't get over. Like he has consistently gotten worse over the last few years in terms of his efficiency. And he is not going to all of a sudden defy the laws of running backs and just get better out of nowhere. Nope. He's not. He just isn't. No. He's going to get worse. And he looked, he, he looked pretty bad yesterday. Mike Evans with 18 points. Julio Jones with 12 points. That's a little bit. Hey. Of a, we'll see if he can stay healthy and keep that up. Chris Godwin obviously with six and a half points. He looked solid when he was out there, but he's going to be did. out for a while with a hamstring, yep. which is really unfortunate. Really Noah tough. Brown was the leading receiver for the Cowboys with 11.8 points. CD lamb had 4.9. You know, I think I'm a little bit concerned with CD, especially now that Dak's out. Uh, I would like to see him continue to blossom. So week one, yeah. obviously, but Dalton Schultz, normal Dalton Schultz, Schultz stuff. He had 13.2 points on yeah. seven catches for 62 yards. Just Schultz, little targets, man. Yeah, Schultz and Pollard are probably going to be the guys that you're looking to start every single week from here on out while Dak is injured because they will be the ones that transcend team situation. No questions asked. Everyone else, you may be a little bit concerned, even C.D. Lamb, which is really tough to say because we expected a lot of him from this se- for, for this season, and now he's taken a pretty massive hit. Um, in his receiving upside for the first half of the season. So we may not even, I don't want to overreact, but I don't think this is overreaction. I, I, at this point, I don't think he's going to hit wide, hit wide receiver one numbers this year. Oh, that's sad. I don't think it's going to happen. It's definitely going to be hard without Dak. It's going to be incredibly difficult. Cooper rush is going to have to play like a starting caliber quarterback and then end up getting some, starting job somewhere. Well, I mean, year. and CD lamb has to catch more than two of his nine targets. Like that's, that is part of it. Yeah. Too. Even if yeah. they were not always the best throws, like they were, they, they were pretty him. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Man, that was a lot of stats. Yeah, let's look forward to next week. Now. So, do we have any start sits that people submitted this week? Yeah, yeah. So we did have one. I, I sorry, we did have two. Uh, the first one was Melvin Gordon and Tony Pollard. This one's a little bit tough because we haven't even we're recording this an hour before the Monday night game, so we haven't even seen what Melvin Gordon's workload could look like this year. I'm leaning. I'm leaning Pollard. I'm leaning Pollard, especially because of the deck injury. That I think both of those. Huge. I think both of those backs end up getting a fair amount of production in the next couple of weeks while he's out. So yeah, I would go Pollard there. Uh, got the other one. Yes, uh, the final one is going to be Wentz, Tua, or Kirk, and Burrow. <laughs> dot dot dot. So Wentz, Tua, or Kirk, basically. Probably. Probably Kirk Cousins for me. I think the Dolphins play the Ravens next week. Fairly stingy defense. Um, who do the commies play? Uh, the commies play. Oh, shoot. Let, let me pull it up here. Oh, crap. I just, I, it, it, I had it in my head. Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, Kirk Cousins has Justin Jefferson. Like that's just, that's just my thing for that. But, you know, I think with, like I said, two playing a stingy defense and with Carson Wentz, I think last week Wentz plays Detroit next week. Oh, that might be a good start. That is, yeah. But again, I don't really want to overreact with the production. But we know what we know what Wentz's ceiling is. We know what he's capable of. I think that's a, not I think why he's t- been traded around. He's been traded around because of his floor. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's a toss up. Um, I think you're good with either Wentz or. Um, my first thought was to. Uh, I just don't think so against the Ravens, but really. Well, I, I don't so, know. It's a hard as, decision. Okay, so They're all as, about the same for me. As solid, he, here's here's the biggest thing with with how the Eagles did last week or, or how Detroit did against the Eagles defense last week. Much of their points came from the run game. It came from Swift. It came from Jamal Williams. It came from Swift and Jamal Williams, sure, really. Yeah. So I'm looking for Dalvin to have a much better game this coming Monday. And really, maybe p- potentially taking away some passing touchdowns from Kirk Cousins when they yeah, play the Eagles. Right. I think which I makes still, me I think lean. I still start wins over two of this week, though, if he's playing the Lions. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of our common ground. Yeah, I think it's close though. It is. I that think, is a I tough I, one. I it's, it's hard because we don't want to overreact about Wentz, but he he did. He's do got fine good weapons, fantasy. man. He's he got does. better weapons he than does. the Colts. And, the Colts yeah. just don't want to get weapon. Whatever. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, I'm going Wentz or Tua. Okay. So let's uh, wrap this thing up. Let's go for our picks for next week. So first of all, what were the records from last week? We both did fairly oh, poorly. Boy, well, we don't know tonight yet. Uh, we're yeah. assuming the Broncos are going to win, but who knows? It's week one. Uh, Avery, if the Broncos win tonight, went 50 50. Um, I went less than 50 50. You beat me by two. <laughs> we are so bad. I, I went six for 16. You were eight for 16. All so right, let's make our picks tough. for this week. Um, Go ahead and give us the first matchup. All right. So uh, we have on the first matchup Thursday night, this Thursday night, we got the Chiefs and the Chargers. Who you got? Chiefs. I got the Chiefs as well. Next up, we got the Colts and the Jags. Who you got? <laughs> give me the Colts. I do think they bounce back and, and shut some people up, even though they looked terrible last week, but I'm not surprised you're picking the Jags here. Yeah, I'm taking the Jags. I am convinced at this point that the Colts are destined to start slow every single year from here until the world ends, and they will lose their eighth consecutive um, game against the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Again, they will start 0-1 and 1, and everyone will be sad, but then they'll be fine. So uh, next up, we've got the Browns and the Jets. 
I'll take the Browns. I think the Browns looks like a fairly solid team without Deshaun Watson because of their defense and their running game. So give me the Browns there. Yeah, I'll take the Browns as well. Uh, Lions and commies. I'm going to go my coach, Dan Campbell. Lions gets his first one of the season. Yeah, give me MCDC and Goff and Swifty and Hawk and the whole crew there, uh, yeah. the Hard Knocks crew. Yep. Um, really think, you know, they, they, they put up a solid show against the Eagles in their uh, first game of the season. I would s- expect their offense to keep that going against the commies. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, we got bucks and saints. This will be a fun. I one. think the bucks are that good. Um, I think they looked legit, especially defensively. I'm going to take the bucks here. The bucks. Here's the thing about the bucks though. The bucks are that good every year. And Brady has only beaten the saints once since he's played on the bucks. That and that was true. in the playoffs. It's true. Uh, he just hasn't seemed to figure it out. If anyone can figure it out, it obviously is Brady, but you know, I'm going to take the saints until they, find a way to lose to the Bucks in the regular season, which they haven't of recent. So yeah, that's fair. Uh, next up, we've got the Giants and Panthers. I took the Giants here. I think Saquon pops off. I think I think the Panthers running defense is suspect anyways. And with Barkley, you know, kind of coming off a hot week, I think he runs all over that defense. Yep. Same reason for me. Giants because Saquon, but uh, don't think the Panthers will make it easy. No, they won't. Uh, next game we got is the Pats and Steelers. I think I pick the Steelers here because I don't know. Mac Jones is in at full health. The Patriots really weren't very good against the Dolphins last week. I just I have trust in that Steelers defense. They're going to obviously miss TJ Watt a lot, but I'll take the Steelers here. Kind maybe a little bit of an upset. Yeah, pick, I'm, but I'm calling an audible here, and I'm changing my pick. I'm actually going to take the Pats over the Steelers um, because of the TJ Watt injury, and if Najee isn't healthy come next week. That's actually I think I just saw that Najee Harris actually could play this week. If he could, that will be very, very helpful. But I, I think TJ Watt is that much of a game changer. And especially on the D line, um, Pats could, I, I could see their, their run game going, get going. So, so I'm going to go with them. It says Najee Harris foot injury came back negative. There's a good belief that according to source, he should be good to go. So hopefully should he be. plays. Hopefully that helps Steelers out. Who else? Uh, next up, we've got the Dolphins Ravens. Uh, and give me the Dolphins. I'll I'll bite. Give me the Dolphins. I like their weapons. I think two have played solid last week. I like Chase Edmonds. Give me the Dolphins. It's going to be a fun, fun game to watch. Give me the Ravens. Okay. Uh, Falcons, Rams. Let's say it's together. Rams. Rams. Uh, Seahawks, Niners. 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 Bengals, Cowboys. The, the Bungles, bro. We've got the Bungles. They, they bungled it last week, but yep. I think they. it's going to be hard for them not to win this week. So. It'll be hard for them not to win, but I could literally see them find a way to lose it. Cooper yeah, Rush is one and zero in starts. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> and, this is, it's going to be no, a sucking no, game. The the Bengals have started their season slow. They did last year, um, but you know the Cowboys can make it a game. Whatever. Still yep, taking. The, still defense, taking the so. Bungles. Yep. Bungles. Uh, Texans. Broncos. Broncos. Um, yeah. You know what? I'll take the Broncos too. Uh, I don't. I just. Okay. I why the Colts tied with the Texans? I do not know, but they suck. So hilarious. Okay. Uh, Cardinals. Raiders. Who you got there? Um. I'll go Raiders. I'll have the Cardinals going 0-2. Um, gut pick there. Yeah, yeah. I went with the Raiders as well. Um, just got a feeling. I Devontae Adams is such a game changer, and the cards are kind of... They they looked pretty iffy this week. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Um, actually, home field advantage is big there, too. It's going to be at the Raiders. So that was a big reason why I picked them as well. Fair, fair. Uh, Bears, Packers. Um, Packers. Yeah, I, I just I'll take the Packers there. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, even though they had a disappointing week, it's week one. Titans, Bills, 
freaking Titans suck. The Give Titans me the Bills. Suck. Bills, yep. Uh, and then last game of the week, that'll be next Monday night. We got Vikings and Eagles. That'll be a fun one to see. Yeah, I'll take the Vikings there. I had them as a playoff team. I think they're going to keep winning. Give me the Eagles with the slight upset. Nice. So, I, I think they. I think it, that's going to be kind of a toss. But it'll be a good fun, a good Monday night game. So well. Uh, let us know what you think about week one. Let us know if we're overreacting anything. I don't think we were. We weren't that. We weren't all that crazy. No, no. I want to know what people are taking away from this week, though. So yeah, um, and e- this week could have definitely looked like a more of a fantasy production, very statistically based episode, and that is that was kind of intentional because we we didn't really want to go into the dynasty value of many players after week one because this is this is this is one of the things people overreact. Some of it is merited because it is real football. But then again, week one is one of the biggest liars of the NFL season, especially yep. now with and it matters, the, but it doesn't it doesn't mean everything. That's what it people does not. so 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 let us know what your takeaways were from week one. Let us know if we said anything that you think was incorrect or whatever. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Domain Dynasty. Make sure you go to our YouTube page. You won't have shorts again this week, but we're going to get back on those very very soon. So make sure you check out some of our past shorts. Uh, as always, we really appreciate you listening. We are very thankful that football is back, and we know you are too. We'll have everything for you here this season on our podcast. Thanks again. This has been Dynasty Domain. Mm-hmm.